Cool. Okay. So I'm going to start this morning, and I've got a question for us. Who here has heard the statement or even said the statement? I know I have, and God has worked in my heart in it. But you heard and said this statement. Maybe possibly even still think it. The Bible says that I need to love all people, but it doesn't say I need to like all people. Put up your hand. Come on. This is family. We can be vulnerable. Come, I know there's more. I know there's more. Come on, put up your hand. Keep, keep those hands up. Come. And also, all those that don't have their hands up, you're hypocrites, okay? So, it's a statement that we, the Bible doesn't say that, okay? It's us misconstruing the Bible, okay? And mis, misconstrued, yeah, that's right. Um, Mispresenting and representing the Bible. And this morning, I want to speak a little bit about it because I believe it's something that is on God's heart, not just for us as Christians, but for us as Edgemead AM. And there's a scripture in Romans 12, I don't, it's not going to come up there, um, and we know the scripture very well, and it says this, Romans 12, 9 to 10, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Very challenging scripture. The one part we, we can do that well, the abhor what is evil. You know, we, we, if people say in this time, if people say Halloween, it's just like, ah, it's evil. No, 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 no. Like, we know what is evil. We know what is bad. We know what is not good. But this thing of loving one another with brotherly affection, outdoing. Do you understand what outdoing is? It's like I love the Bible. The Bible sometimes comes and it just sees the things that, I, that is in my heart, okay? I'm a very competitive person. Why lose when you can win, okay? And the Bible actually motivates us to be competitive. Outdo one another in showing in showing love, in showing honor. It means that if Altus is doing something to show honor to me, I'm going to do it better than him. I'm going to outdo him in showing honor to him. Now we laugh about it, but what would we look like if that is actually how we live? What would our conversations, what would, the, what would we look like? If we start doing that. And something in that for me is I can see something of God coming and pouring out himself. Like even like Cecil has spoken. Like as we do a little bit, God comes and just gives more. Enabling us to do more. Now in this scripture, if you go look at what the true meaning of these words mean. These two words of love. This let your love be genuine, genuine, and then love one another with a brotherly affection. So there's these two ideas of love, and there's two different ideas of love. The first one being, love one, let your love be genuine. The love that it's showing there, the love that it's speaking about there, is a love that is, um, how did I say it here, a comfortable at-homeness. So we all have that 
jacket or that jersey or those pants or the T-shirt. I've got a T-shirt. It's like old. I mean, the T-shirt is probably like 20 years old, okay? And it still fits me. So just saying, it's fitting me even better right now. It grows with me. <laughs> but it's like an old Nike um, T-shirt. It was actually my first Nike T-shirt I ever bought myself. And I came out of school and like, and, um, but it's got this massive hole at the back because it's just, I mean, it's bent out of shape and holes. And so I usually wear it when I just want to be comfortable and I'm at home. Like, I look like, like a boomy if I'm wearing it. And so when I wear it, the girls would come to me and they would say, Daddy, why? Or they would actually go to Helen and go, why is Daddy wearing clothes that are broken? Like, like, what is it with him? Can't we throw that thing away? And Helen wants to throw it away. But it's my comfortable at-homeness. There's something, it's that warm pudding. It's a love that it's just, it's comfortable. Maybe you've got a chair. Maybe there's that something that, you know, this is my chair. And it's saying, let your love be like that. Let your love be towards others that comfortable at-homeness. Where they come and what they just feel and they just go like, oh, I just, you know, some people just give good hugs. And you just go like, oh, I can just hug you all day long. And that's what it's speaking about here. Let our love be that comfortable at-homeness. But then we see, he speaks about love one another with a brotherly affection. It's affection of family. Family is one of those things we can't choose them. We just get given them. <laughs> you get born up with them or born into them. And so sometimes there's not always the, the, we're not always seeing together. We're not always seeing eye to eye. But, and this is me and my brothers, we would, we would fight at home. Like we literally, this is not a good idea, so don't do it parents, okay? But we were three boys and three very busy boys. And... Um, we had three sets of boxing gloves. And so if we would fight, my mom would say, okay, get your gloves. There you go. The one that doesn't hit the other one, I hit that one. And so we would like box it out. But man, I tell you, if we go anywhere and anybody touches my brother, it's like it's over for you. Okay? Sip so bribe order. Like you won't touch my brother. I'm the one that that would bully him. You can't bully him. And so there's something in that where I believe where God is calling us to that place, not to box, okay, so, but to love like that. It's like that family member and that does something to you and you just like, you really can't stand them. But the moment they're sick or the moment they need something, you push everything away because you just want to love. And God is calling us to that. And he says, actually, no, let your love be like that. So it's this comfortable at-homeness, this love that is just so comforting. It's the love that is so upbuilding. It's warm. It's fuzzy. But then this love that is fierce, this love that is more than just us getting along, but it's us being together and knowing that we are, we are part of one another even when we don't see eye to eye. And then it ends off and it says, I'll do one another in honor. Because when you take these two together, the mixture of things that they do is just something of a culture 
believe a kingdom culture, not a Josh Jane culture, not a Christian culture, not a, not a, a, a good idea kind of culture. No, a kingdom culture. And I believe there's something that God wants to come and do in us and stir up in us in this moment. So let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray for us. Father, we just want to thank you this morning for what it is that you're already doing. I thank you, God, that you are reminding us this morning of things that you've done in our hearts, of places where you've taken us out of darkness and you brought us into light, of where you've brought relief and reprieve from the challenges of this world, God, where you've taken away sin and weights and things that hold us back. And I pray this morning, God, that as we are reminded of these things, I pray, God, that we will look and see the grace that you've poured out, the mercy that you've poured out, and that we would look at one another and encourage one another to do the same. It would, just like you have done to us, that we would come to this place of where we do this to one another. And that we take part of the nature that you've placed inside of us. And so I pray here this morning, God, that as we dig deeper into the word, God, that you would come and make alive, God, what is dormant. God, that you would come and that you would stir up a love for one another. Oh, God, this is something that we can only do by you. Amen. Matthew 19, verse 26, Jesus says this. But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I want to say to us, what I'm speaking about here this morning, it is not something that we can do in our own flesh. Because our flesh is always going to say, um, I love what Casey said, and Casey, you can't be further away from the truth. You, there's so much in you. There's so much in you. If only you would let it out. But you can't let it out. You need to let God come and bring it out. And I can see that that's something that you're busy doing. And I want to encourage you. Give yourself to it even more. Don't let the voices of, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm evil. Like, we all know that is true for all of us. But the grace of God, the mercy of God came and he made you new. And it's only that. It's by his grace, by his mercy, that we can walk in a way that doesn't look like, smell like, taste like our flesh. And so even in living, in loving one another, in building a relationship and friendships, we often build these things and look at these things based on our interests. But I want to say to you, Jesus, that's in the middle, in the center of each and every one of us, it's the strongest connection and link that you'll find in your life. And that link is not just for this day. It's not just for a moment. Like you grew up in school and you had a couple of friends that you were like this little chokerki coming into like grade one. And you find a couple of people that you like. But by the time you get to standard one, you've got a whole another group of friends. And then you get to high school and now that friend is just like, oh, we're just like, I love you. But it's like, I like this one better. And so for us, we're continuously changing and we're finding people that's the same as us or think like us and interest groups and like special things that we do together, cycling, surfing, whatever it is. But Jesus never changes. 
is that connection, is that link that links us to one another far beyond any interest. And I want to encourage us towards that. Because in that, I see something where we can depend on the Holy Spirit both to help us see and look at one another differently, but also to look at ourselves in a different way. See, when we come to one another, we often disqualify people in our own eyes because of how disqualified we feel in our own eyes. Did you hear that? When we feel disqualified, what happens? Everybody else around us just not good enough. Because the moment you say that they are good enough, what you're doing more is you're taking that stake that's in you and you push it even further. And you go, but I'm not. And in that there's this human thing in us that we want to self-preserve. And so we start, no, you, you can't do that. You can't, no. But actually Jesus came died on the cross by the hand of the very people that he's trying to save. And he's going, you cannot do this, but I want to do it for you. You don't see value in me, but I see value, all the value in you. And he comes and he pours out his blood. And in that place, he calls something forth that wasn't there, but now it is there because he called it out. Because he gave everything he needed for that thing to come forth. And in that same way, we need to find the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us in the way that we look at ourselves, but then the way we look at one another. And that's where that scripture comes in, where we can say, now we've got a love that is residing inside of us. It's not something that I can, can, can manufacture or produce. No, it's a love that is there. And from that love, I can give. I can let my love be genuine. Because of that love, I look at things that are evil and I go, I do not want that. I do not like that. That is not God's heart because this, this love that is so pure, it's so at home. And from that place, we look at one another and we can go, Kev, I love you. I'll die for you, Kev. Not because of Rian that is brave or courageous or is even able to hold on. Push through and persevere. No, 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 no. It's the love. The love that's inside of me. I go, look, give. I love you like a brother. And out of that place, we find something of the nature of God that starts growing inside of us. And we start being like, just hear me, we start being like God and start going, hey, Enrico, he's an amazing man. Does he got, have faults? Yes. Too bold. <laughs> But man, he's amazing. I get to love him. I get to show him, hey, Enrico, even when nobody's going to show you love, I'm going to do it. Not because I want to be a good person, but because of what Jesus has done in me. Amen? So a question in that. Who wants to be treated like that? Who wants you to be treated with that kind of love and honor? Who doesn't want to be treated like that? Who is just okay with, I'll be the chamors? No. We all want it. I want to say to us, 
Jesus has already done it. He's already shown it to us. What you are going to sow is what you will reap. So this morning, I want to ask you, what are you sowing? Are you sowing love? Are you sowing honor? Are you sowing acceptance? Are you sowing encouragement? A farmer can't plant potatoes and expect millies to come up. It's not going to work. He's going to have potatoes every single time. So for us, in the way that we look at one another, in the way that we love one another, in the way that we handle those moments where it is the boxing fight, it's always going to be that moment where we get to either sow into what we want to reap one day. Amen? And so in this, there's a, a scripture that I want to um, just quickly highlight for us. And it's Galatians 5, verse 22 to 26. Because I do believe these things that we're talking about is not something that we can do out of our own. It is something that God does within us. And we need to allow His Spirit to work in us. Scripture speaks of the Holy Spirit like a dove. And it's not a, a pigeon, it's a dove, okay? And so that's something of a gentleness, something of an openness and awareness that we need to have. Because a pigeon, you can clap, you can scream, that thing is going to sit there. A dove, slightest movement, slightest feeling threatened, it just flies away. And so what that gives me is that actually the Holy Spirit and this work inside of our lives is something that we need to give great awareness to. Because we want we want the dove there. We want the dove to work inside of our hearts. It's not just going to be just pushing through everything. No, 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 no. Got to actually wait, sit, look. So, Galatians 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. This is the Spirit working in us. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-controlness. No, just self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking one another and envying of one another. When you look at, and you can just keep that um, previous verse up there, 20, the one, 24, 22, 22, yeah, 22. When we look at the fruits of the Spirit, not one of those things is actually something that benefits me. It actually benefits mostly Outward. It's outward conditions, outward expression, outward. It's those around me that benefit from those fruit. Maybe peace and self-control, or even self-control. It's something that's outward. 
And so what that, when I look at that, I go, there's something even in God, in His Spirit, working inside of us that causes us to not just be here and puffed up and be like Mitchell and man that knows everything and knows Scripture and you just like, you know, you are the, no, no, no. Actually, it has this working inside of us that's towards those around me. Building up. Encouraging. Stirring up. There's something about kindness. Kindness takes you to a place of where you actually go, I'm less important. You are more important. Patience. My time means less. Your whatever you're doing means more. And when we grow in these things, we find that there's a culture of it becomes easy to actually honor one another. It becomes easy to love one another. If you think of your husband or your wife, the thing that, um, you, you have something. Yeah, you can come. Sorry. Um, the thing that, that in, in spouses or even in friends, the places where we struggle to love is not the places where, it's not just the outright things, it's the places where we, we, we find ourselves to actually be impatient. We find ourselves not to be at peace. We find ourselves frustrated. And there's something in that, that if we can cultivate and allow the Holy Spirit to come and work in us, what flows out of us is a love that is genuine. It's a place of outdoing one another in honor. Sorry. Brian said, if I felt something in my heart's beating, then I must come. So here we go. <laughs> um, I, would, I would actually get Don Vey to share this if she was here, but I think she's upstairs. She shared this with me this yesterday, and I really feel like um, it's really what God is doing. It's something that came out in the ladies' meeting yesterday. I'm just going to read a scripture. It's 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. It says, Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when we measure themselves by one another, and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. And I think God is doing something in the season about honoring one another and not comparing. I think when we're comparing our walks, when we're comparing our giftings or what God is doing, we lose our joy. And this is a season where God is restoring joy, but with that comes we cannot compare ourselves with one another. We are without, we are without understanding if we compare ourselves because we don't have understanding that God has created us each so uniquely with unique giftings. Each member has a unique role to play, and comparison makes no sense. It has no understanding if we compare and we lose our joy, um, and that is so not um, in the heart of honoring one another. Amen. Two Corinthians five sixteen. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. I want to read first the same scripture in the New Living Translation. And it's just to put it in a, a bit more easier words for us, especially for me as Afrikaner. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. 
At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently do we know him now? It's a beautiful scripture. So I want to ask us, if Jesus had to stand here, and he had to look at us, not based on what he sees for you, not based on what he wants to do in you, not based on anything other than who you are right now. What is he going to say about you? Is he going to invite you closer? And I believe, for all of us, including myself, that if he had to look at me right now, he's going to see so much that just doesn't look like him. That's just not acceptable. It's not clean. Because there's so many conditions in my heart where I go, like, where I'm not wanting to love. I put my hand up here. I'm like, I found those moments where I go, the Bible tells me to love, not like the person. And they go, cool, I'm going to bless Altus. Altus, here's a chocolate. I hope you get diarrhea in my heart. Like, I'm blessing you. But in my heart, I'm going like, I hope you, it it gives you a cavity. Go to Kevin, that he can drill you. (laughs) We often find those moments where we go, that's, we think, I've done the right thing. But actually, you've not done the thing that honors God. You've not done the thing that testifies of the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that is at work inside of you. So this morning, the title of my preach is this, looking for the best. Looking for the best in one another. And there's a scripture that I want to end off. Hebrews 10, it's 23 to 25, and it says this, Let us hold fast, the confession of our hope without wavering. So we're holding fast the confession of our hope. What is that? That Jesus is alive. That he's come to save. He's come to make new. He's come to forgive sins. And he's coming back one day to take us to heaven with him. That is our hope. It's like hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Because we are living testimonies of that. For he who promised is faithful. It's him. His work is faithful to fulfill that thing. And let us consider, meaning let us think. And this let us consider, like what it actually means for us is as I wake up, let me think about not what is my day going to look like, But how am I today going to build up Kevin? How am I going to stir up and encourage Yurich? How am I going to look at Yaku and push him and encourage him to do that thing that he's scared to do? That's what that actually means. Let us consider it's thinking about it, pondering about it, planning around it, like strategizing in your heart. Let us consider how to stir up one another. To what? To love and good works. What is those good works? 
Scripture tells us that God has created good works for those who love Him. He set it out for us to accomplish. He's giving us His Holy Spirit that we can be found faithful on that day when He comes back. So how can I, with Zoe, go, Zoe, I want to love you. I want you to love others. I want you to do good to others. I want to encourage you. Jerome, how can I encourage Jerome? How can I, how can I have time with Jerome where I can, is it maybe a scripture? Is it just maybe a WhatsApp message in the morning and going, Jerome, God loves you. God thinks, Jerome's actually celebrated his 60th birthday on, um, I just remember it now, on Tuesday. Jerome. How can we consider to encourage him for the next 60 years? (laughs) Not neglecting to meet together, as the habit is of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more so as we see the day drawing near. How can we look and consider at one another in this room and go, where's the best in Adam? Where's the best in Jordan? Where's the best in Cam? What is the best in Basil? What is the best in Dave? What is the best in Leon? What is the best in... And we look at one another and go, how can we stir up what God is seeing? Because God is seeing something in each and every one of us. And we go from a place that if he's seeing something in me, I want to encourage that those around me, that God is actually seeing something in them too. So I had this picture in preparing. Just, I saw this room. And as I saw this room, it's not one, I wasn't hungry. And my birthday is on its way and it's Christmas. It's on its way. I'm a present person. So it's not because it's one of those things when you're hungry, everything looks like food kind of thing, okay? But what I saw was this room, and I saw boxes of gifts, like wrapped and bows and sparkly and whatever else. And I walked down, and as I walked down, and I pulled a string, it's like, and I didn't have confetti, and it just... It's a mess, so just we're going to be clean this morning. That's why I don't have it. But like, as I pulled this gift open, it's just confetti and glitter and beautiful things. And I find that beautiful thing in Yorich. And I believe God is coming to us and he's saying like, Yorich, it's a gift. Casey, a gift. Michelle, a gift. Rulof, a gift. Dave, a gift. Gift, gift. And we look and we're like, oh, I want to see what does it look like here. And we open it up. What does Gabby's gift look like? We want to open up. We want to see it shine. We want to celebrate it. And it's like running around in this, finding in one another those moments where those gifts come and they open up and they bless everybody. And I believe God is wanting to do something in that in us. It's a small little clip that I wanted, I know Helen wanted to use it. I don't know how long it is. I think it's going to maybe take away, so I'm going to skip it. What I want us to do right now is I'm going to ask us to close our eyes, okay?
And in this, I want, to, I want you to ask and inquire from God. God, I want one encouragement for someone else. One encouragement. Be it a prayer, be it a scripture, be it a prophecy. God, one thing that you want to say to someone else. So I know some of you might feel like you have something. Some of you might feel like, oh, this is not working. <laughs> but I encourage you, just go. And then what are we going to do now? So I'm going to ask us to stand up. So you can stand up for me. If you're visiting with us, I encourage you to join in, even though you might not know everybody. You're, you are loved. And I want you to go to somebody in this room. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about our dreams and we shared our dreams. But this morning, we're going to blow wind into their sails. This morning, we're going to build up. We're going to encourage. We're going to love one another. And we're going to go, like, I want to just bless you. And if you're feeling, whatever you're feeling in your heart, maybe it's to take off your shoes and give it to them or take your watch or give them your car. I don't know. I mean, Oprah might be in the building. We, we can just check it out. But I want to encourage you. To find that person, find a person, and just don't just choose somebody that you know. Like we want to be led by God here, okay? So you know what God has placed a feeling or something in your heart. Kind of just look around in the room and go, cool, who stands out to me? And I want to encourage you to find somebody. And if somebody doesn't stand out to you, just grab someone that you don't know. Amen. So, let's let's do it. One, two, three, go.